Star Wars 7x7 episode 3264. Today it is the middle portion of my conversation with Tom Holler, senior editor at Random House Worlds. Punch it! Hey Rebel Razor, I'm Alan Voivod and this is Star Wars 7x7, your daily dose of Star Wars joy, and thank you so much for joining me for it. So yesterday I shared part one of my conversation with Tom Holler, a wide-ranging discussion about Star Wars books and how they come to fruition. Today we're going to get into the middle portion of that conversation. This part of the conversation we're going to get into macro-level stuff and micro-level stuff. We talk about the different types of Star Wars books that he might edit, say a military book or a romantic book or a Jedi-focused book and how his approach may differ from one to the other. We'll talk about the kind of research that he does and the resources that he has access to as he goes through the editing and project management process. And we'll even talk about how Star Wars novels have evolved over the eight plus years since the rebooting of the canon in 2014. Before we get there though, it just remains for me to say thank you so much for joining me for this episode as always. And may the force be with you wherever in the world you may be. And now without further ado, here is the second of my three-part interview with Tom Holler, Sr editor at Random House Worlds. So you mentioned Convergence, and I wanted to ask you about High Republic work. And you've, I think, sort of answered this question already, but just on the off chance that there's some additional insight around it. I had a conversation with Nick Martorelli a while back about how on the Penguin Random House audio side of the house, they worked to create an entirely different soundscape for the High Republic audiobooks as opposed to the mainline Star Wars books, if you will. And I wondered whether there was anything about how you as an editor approached High Republic storytelling that you did differently from how you would edit the normal Star Wars books. And certainly you mentioned how you're trying to help the author create the best version of the story that they're telling. So that I imagine certainly applies here. But I'm wondering if there's something that is High Republic specific that you had in your brief that might have been different from how you approached non-High Republic books? Um, certainly nothing, nothing to that degree of like, you know, they re, you know, them designing a new soundscape for the era. You know, certainly there's some terminology and stuff that doesn't appear in the other eras of Star Wars, you know, whether it be bits of tech or other things, but that's not really something that's unique to High Republic. That's, you know, the way that, you know, there's ways that you talk about certain tech or certain things in the Clone Wars that isn't really as prevalent in the sequel trilogy or during the OT, you know, the original trilogy or whenever. So there's always that like era specific stuff that you kind of have to learn and you have to take on board, I think, um, in particular, because if you think about the ways that the Jedi talk during the High Republic and the ways that the Jedi talk during the Clone Wars, the things they talk about, the ways that they talk about them are a little bit different. And that's not necessarily a different approach to editing. That's just understanding that different eras and different characters and different foci, you kind of have to make sure you're thinking about the characters within the context that they exist in. That it's not just like Jedi always talk the same way and every Jedi always talks the same way, regardless of era or character. It's that Every character is different, but also within the eras. The Jedi of the High Republic talk a little differently than the Jedi of the Clone Wars era for a variety of different reasons, right? Um, right. As far as the other approach to editing and whether or not that's different, there isn't really a whole lot. I mean, the only other thing that is a little different is that obviously the High Republic 
being, you know, every all Star Wars media and other all Star Wars books and things are connected and interconnected, but the High Republic in particular, even more so because of the number of different books and the way that characters will start in an adult novel and weave then into a comic for a little while and then come back to a YA novel and then you have vice versa. Um, and so as an editor, the project management stuff, the organization stuff we were talking about kind of just gets ratcheted up, dialed up a little <laughs> bit more because it's making sure that like the handoffs of characters to each from one author to another are consistent, keeping the voices consistent. You know, Axel Greylark, even though Zoraida Cordova and Lydia Kang, obviously unique authors, they have their own voices. The characters that they are sharing in Convergence and Cataclysm, like Axel Greylark, need to be consistent enough across the two books that it's the same character, right? Um, mm -hmm. And those things are the things that we do all the time with Star Wars, but with High Republic, it's just dialed up to 11. Um, <laughs> but it doesn't really change a whole lot of our approach things because that's kind of the way that we do all the books. It's just even more with High Republic. And the great thing is that you have so many different people between authors, between the different editorial teams, and the folks at Lucasfilm who are kind of all rowing in the same direction that it's just like, yeah, it's the same thing that we do, just more of it, you know, a little faster, more intense, to borrow a phrase from from George right. Lucas. Um, <laughs> but it's it's just uh, it's sort of part and parcel of the work that we've always done. It's just more of it. I mean, the fact that it was something that is the fact that it's the way that things that we've always worked is one of the reasons that we're able to do it on this like amazing, grand, incredible scale um, is because it's the thing that we've done in the past, but just more of it. Um, you know, mm -hmm. I have to take a few more notes. You know, you probably ask a few more questions during the outline stage or double check a few more things uh, in the manuscript as far as like, wait, are we sure this character can be here? Or, hey, this timing, does that match up with that? It's like, there's more of that stuff, but that's stuff that we always, you know, we always, we're always covering regardless of the novel. Right. So then with the higher public, does that mean that your partners in the developing of any particular work may also include Disney Lucasfilm Press and potentially Marvel and potentially Dark Horse as well? So, I mean, like anything else, it's like all of it's coordinated by like our awesome friends uh, at Lucasfilm. So, mm. you know, Mike uh, Siglain and Jennifer Heddle and Jen Pooley and the story group folks and all of the authors who are involved in the um, High Republic project. And so everyone is sort of, you know, no matter which part of the the overall story they are, if they're writing a comic or YA novel, or they're working on, you know, one of the reference books or whatever, it's like all of it kind of gets filtered through the same overall process and channels. And it's just a, um, it's a real exercise, honestly, it's a real good exercise in note taking and in mm. document organization and communication, just mm -hmm. to keep everything sort of moving in the right direction. And, um, you know, we create outlines for every novel that we do, but creating outlines and sort of uh, detailing at the top of a project before anyone ever puts, you know, uh, I guess not pen to paper, but, you know, key to keyboard on the actual story, having an outline that really understands here's where we're going, here's where we're not going, mm -hmm. and, you know, here's where we start and here's where we end is even more important now because you want to make sure that, you know, all the different things line up and, you know, where one story ends the next story is meant to pick up that those two things you know they link up nicely you know the handoff you know is consistent um so like i said it's sort of like all the stuff all the same things we've done before whether it was the journey to programs or other books and projects that sort of layer over each other's just more um uh just more of it 
Got it. And for our listeners, the Journey 2 program, I presume you're talking about when you were doing the stories that were leading up to the releases of the most recent movies, Force Awakens and The Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker and so forth. Yes, exactly. So like during all those projects, a lot of the stories had interconnections or overlaps or they sort of obviously were taking place during similar times. So there was coordination to make sure that, you know, um, uh, the different novels and stories and comics weren't, you know, crashing into each other, <laughs> um, you know, or at least if they were crashing into each other it was entirely intended, uh, you know, um, right. <laughs> so you talked about how, you know, for example, Jedi might speak a little bit differently in the High Republic era versus the Clone Wars era and keeping in mind, you know, what that language is like as part of your process. And something similar I wanted to ask you about was how a novel, say like the alphabet squadron novels would be different in terms of their language from something like say master and apprentice. So in addition to how the different authors are writing, just the subject matter itself uh, varies. And I wonder how you approach that from your own editorial perspective in that, do you have any sort of developed style guide where you're looking at how, you know, certain phrases and certain uh, certain flavors of things are being developed. I want to I almost want to approach it from a branding perspective uh, where you know this is what the OT sounds like. This is what the ST sounds like. This is what the PT sounds like. This is what Jedi focused novels sound like. This is what scoundrel novels sound like. This is what you know more romantic novels sound like. Do you have sort of developed style guides for these things or are you doing that by the very experienced seat of your pants. <laughs> um, it is not quite as specifically stratified as you laid out. So mm. um, it is, uh, you know, the, the sort of style and language of a book is different book to book, again, in large part, because every author is going to be different. So, you know, um, uh, Alexander Freed, author of, of Alphabet Squadron's books sound much different than Claudia Gray, author of Master Apprentice's books. Um, and the reason comes down to both their individual styles as authors, but also the material that they are, you know, taking on. Master Apprentice is, you know, a two-hander between Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan. It's part mystery thriller, part adventure sort of, you know, story, whereas Alphabet Squadron is a trilogy about, you know, a very boots on the ground, sort of almost military sci-fi type approach to um, a big war story. And so those two stories are just going to be so different in terms of their style and language for both, you know, again, what the authors need, but also the kind of story they're trying to tell. Um, we have a big style guide for Star Wars. We keep a big style guide for Star Wars. It is not stratified as like, if you're writing an OT era story, this is how you would describe Starfighters. But if you're writing a prequel era story, this is how you describe it. It's not that um, specific as stratified because at the end of the day, all of it is still Star Wars, and Star Wars is in and of itself pretty consistent across all of its eras. The things that differ are like, well, these droids don't exist in the prequel trilogy, but they exist in the sequel trilogy, that kind of thing, you know, or, mm -hmm. uh, you know, this starfighter is more pre prevalent during the Republic in the Clone Wars era than it is during the High Republic, or, you know, the Empire doesn't use that, that kind of thing. Um, so it's like that kind of stuff is different era to era. Um, the style that we have is like hundreds of pages long because it is, it is the accumulated knowledge over the years of doing Star Wars books. And every time we do a new book, if there's new material in terms of style and, and language that needs to be recorded, like my 
copy editing team, like they, they keep that and they add to it over time so that every book we can reference our master style guide to ensure that we're being consistent about language and grammar and style and punctuation, all sorts of things within Star Wars. Like, does this word get capitalized? Does it not get capitalized? Like basic things like that, but even more complex things about spelling or other things. Um, and so we rely on that. Um, you also rely on, and this is part of style, is that there are certain intrinsic rules to Star Wars and writing in Star Wars that um, you just have to know and understand and learn. And some of them are very simple. Like for instance, Star Wars uses the metric system. So metric system only. We're not going to be referring to feet and inches and miles and things like that. Don't do that. If you do that, we are going to mark it and we're going to say, don't refer to, you know, metric only. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, and that 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 isn't just the measurements, but that also, um, and this is one of the places where style and grammar and language get kind of crazy, but kind of fun, is that also extends to idioms in terms of phrase. So if, if we were writing a story and someone was like crawling across the floor, you might, if you were writing that out, you might say like, he inched carefully across the floor, right? Yeah. Well, okay. <laughs> in a story that only uses metric, you can't use the word inched like that because you were referring to distance, even though mm -hmm. you're not using it as like a measurement, you're still referring to the measurement and inches don't exist. So you can't say in a Star Wars story, he inched across the floor. You'd have to say like he crept slowly or something. That's one that like shows up in a ton of books and we mm. always have to edit out because it's not something you think about. You're like, well, I'm not referring to the distance. Um, another thing is right. like you can't refer to Earth in Star Wars, which means the planet, but it also means you can't call the ground earth. You can't call soil earth because ah, that implies okay. earth, yeah. but there is yeah. no earth, you know, so you have to call it the ground or you have to call it soil. And these are really simple and small things, but um, there's a lot of those that we have to sort of track. And that is a thing that, again, is not specific to an era. It doesn't really, it's not like you can refer to earth if it's a sequel trilogy story, but you can't refer to earth during a Clone Wars story. Those things are pretty <laughs> consistent across Star Wars. And that is one of those things that we track but it's also one of those things that you kind of you come to understand over time because some of them and the ones that i just enumerated are like pretty broad and obvious i think every star wars story has to reckon with them but sometimes we will have ones that are like so specific to the kind of story we're telling or to the like what is happening in a particular scene that it, until it actually comes up you won't um you won't notice that you're like, oh, we can't really use that phrase or like, ah, we'd have to phrase it like this because that fits within the constraints of, of Star Wars. Um, so there isn't, um, the way that it varies again is mostly about the authors and their voice. Because I'm always trying to preserve the voice of the author. I don't want Alexander Freed to sound like Claudia Gray unless that's intentional, right? And vice versa. I want both of those authors to sound like themselves and sound like the best versions of themselves um, or else, you know, why would you hire a specific author, right, if you didn't want their voice to come through in a story? And then the rest of style and language is layering in the sort of broad rules of writing Star Wars that makes Star Wars Star Wars. Um, but yeah, the, the style guide is um, a fun document that every once in a while I just pop open just to leaf through because A, it's so big and so long mm -hmm. and so incredibly well detailed down to like it references the first time that a particular phrase or term was used so that if we ever need to go back and um, adjudicate, wait a minute, is this actually what the style is supposed to be? We can actually say like, this phrase actually originated in this Star Wars book. This is why it's capitalized, or this is why we treat it this way. Um, it actually is like keyed and marked that way. It's like really, really cool. So this actually, I think this may be what serves as the holocron for Random House Worlds, because I think you've said it, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but 
more or less along the lines of Wikipedia is not necessarily a resource that you use. It's not particularly applicable for the work you do. It sounds like instead what you have is this very detailed style guide that you developed over the years. Um, yes, though it's not really a holocron of sorts in the way that it's not like here is the full timeline history of Star Wars and you know here's here's every event that's ever happened in Star Wars. It's mostly about how do we treat language in Star Wars and how is language, um, how do the, the rules of grammar and style apply to Star Wars and what are the specific specific rules of grammar and style that only apply to Star Wars, even if they might run afoul of like the AP style guide or you know whatever other style guide you might be using. So we don't necessarily really have a holocron per se. And part of that is because, well, one, our friends at Lucasfilm have a holocron. So yeah, question, it's like, <laughs> a holocron really, we can ask them because their holocron is way better than anyone we could have created, right? And includes the kinds of things of like, if we were to create one, which we never would, but like if we would, it really would only have book material in it. You know, mm -hmm. it, I guess we'd probably have a movie, but it really would only have the material we are really directly working with. And so it wouldn't be very usable because there's a whole host of other Star Wars media that we'd have to, that we have to account for when we're telling stories. So uh, I, I rely very much on my friends at Lucasfilm for any holocron related questions uh, when it comes up. Uh, and then there's just the stuff that like, if you work on something enough times, you tend to internalize and memorize a whole bunch of weird um, Star Wars facts and knowledge. Um, but uh uh no if if i if i have a very specific holocron question i will either ask the folks at lucasfilm or i'll go to one of the reference books you know i'll go to like a primary source um or what i most often will do is like i will just go to a book that we've already published and i will just go find the information that i need in the book itself mm -hmm. if i know that if i know that say a character originated um you know in a book like i know for instance you know we know that like ray sloan originally came from A New Dawn by John Jackson Miller, and then had a big role in the Aftermath trilogy by Chuck Wendig. So if I have a question about something that might have happened to Ray Sloan in one of those stories, I will just go grab the files for those books, and I will just search through them until I find the exact words and the exact scene and the exact moment that I need. Um, and then I'll reread it or break it down or do whatever I need to do in order to get the relevant information. Um, so I prefer to just go to the primary sources since I pretty much have access to all of them. <laughs> which makes absolute sense for sure and we've had now more than eight years of novels since the expanded universe transitioned to legends and we've rebooted the canon as it were how would you say star wars novel storytelling has evolved over the course of these eight years and change oh that's another good question Oh, man, I, I can't believe it's going to be nine years in September. Um, I know. <laughs> mostly because my my first day working in this job is the same day that A New Dawn, the first canon Star Wars novel, was published. So oh, my wow. maps to that timing quite literally to the day. So when yeah. I think about like, oh, it's been eight years since since this, or you know, it's been eight plus years, then I'm like, yeah, that's how long I've been here. It's, it's very strange. <laughs> Very strange. Um, though I'm happy to share a birthday with with a new dawn. It's it's a cool thing to share a birthday with. No, a work birthday. Um, yeah. <laughs> how has it changed? Well, I mean, I like to imagine that actually, I like to think that it hasn't changed all that much because I like to think that the the level of intent and the level of care that we have tried to build into the books since then has been consistent, if not improved over time. But I think if I think in thinking about it and 
I can't say that this was like intentional, but if you just look at the books and the way that the publishing has gone, the arc of publishing since 2014, I think it's reasonable to say this, which is that I think it has gotten broader and sort of bigger over time. And again, I, that's not to say that like in 2014, 2015, everyone was sitting around just being like, eh, only we'll just tell some small stories and eventually we'll get the bigger stories. But, you know, most of the books from the earlier days, you know, it's like A New Dawn and Tarkin and Dark Disciple and Lords of the Sith, etc. A lot of those are like standalone kind of individual books that have crossover and they share things, but they're very much like their own encapsulated books, their own encapsulated mm. stories, which is great. I love having those. There should always be books like that, that you could just pick up, enjoy, and it's done. Again, no homework projects, right? Right. Um, but over time, you know, as you know, you start to get more confident in your storytelling, and as you start to see how things are are forming and landing, that's when you start to see, okay, we could do trilogies. We can do the Aftermath trilogy. We can do trilogies around Thrawn. We can do the Alphabet Squadron trilogy. We can do a big, giant, massive, cohesive uh, publishing initiative like uh, the High Republic, building off of the sort of the first, you know, the, the earlier ones like the Journey 2 program. So I think over time, it's obviously grown and, and gotten more expansive. Um, but ideally, at least in my mind, it hasn't really changed all that much. Um, I like, uh, uh, this is a way that it has grown. And I, I do think this was an intention because this is something that I talk about all the time with the team and we talk about is that I really kind of hope that we've never published the same book twice. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't mean that literally, like obviously if you're publishing well, yeah. you know, multiple books about <laughs> one character or multiple books in a trilogy or a series, you are going to do not the same book twice, but similar books. But I, we do try to like not publish just the same book every single time. Like you probably could, you probably could tell the same Star Wars story like four or five times in a row and it'd be pretty satisfying, but A, where's the fun in that? Right. And B, ultimately if the goal is you want to try to tell an amazing, great, resonant story that's going to last for people, then you have to tell different stories. You have to try different stories, right? You have to, you have to, you have to try those things. Um, I think the only other way, the other way that that novel publishing has really changed since 2014 is just the continued growth of the number of people who are writing Star Wars, the number of different people. And it's folks who've been writing Star Wars for a really long time, folks who are stepping in to write their first novels or their first short stories, and really expanding the doors of who is writing Star Wars stories, and thus expanding the doors, expanding the doors, that's weird, but I think you know what I mean. I <laughs> do, I do. <laughs> opening the doors and expanding, uh, not just who is writing those stories, but thus what kinds of stories you get, because different people with different lived experiences, with different backgrounds, with different views on Star Wars, with different perspectives on Star Wars. That's how you get different Star Wars stories, is bringing in a whole host of voices. Um, and whether it's been through novels or through short stories and anthologies, like the From a Certain Point of View series or the other anthologies that have been published over the years, I think that's a big way that that it's grown. Um, and it's been amazing and and really exciting to see because by doing that, you just stumble on all these amazing people to tell Star Wars stories that like, maybe until you read their Star Wars story, you're like, I didn't realize that was the Star Wars story I needed until I was reading it. And then I was like, where have you been all my life? And that's a really <laughs> cool thing to see, whether again, it's a short story or a novel. Um, and that's really exciting. And that's one of those things that keeps Star Wars vibrant in the same way that you see, you know, different people coming on to direct episodes of shows and different people making games and different people writing comics and making movies is like, that's one of the ways that you keep a storytelling world vibrant is by bringing more people to it and bringing other people to it. 
Um, and uh, so that, that, that's definitely been not just a goal, but definitely something that I think we've seen happen across Star Wars publishing. Yeah, and I, I think you make an excellent point talking about not just the diversity of stories, but the diversity of voices. Certainly, you know, we have to bring up Alexander Freed and Claudia Gray again, you know, we have Jedi focused stories and we have sort of boots on the ground military type stories, but then we have like Emma Candon writing the Visions novel Ronin and, you know, what a fantastic novel that is. And I think also a highlight of and here's another example of where a diversity of voices allows you to access the potential for an entirely different kind of story where Star Wars is able to encompass so many different genres, but it's almost like you can't reach some of these genres unless you actually have the diversity of voices who can deliver on those genres to you. Exactly. Like, even if you tried, nobody but Emma Miyako Kandon could have written that, that Ronin novel. Even if, mm -hmm. even if you had tried, like nobody else could, because that was the novel that Emma, that was like the story that Emma needed and wanted to tell and had the background and experience to tell. And the only way to get a story like that is to find someone like Emma. Um, and I'm very thankful that, that we did find someone like Emma because that, that story is incredible. I think about it all the time. Uh, <laughs> and the, the same is true across all the different stories that we've published and all the different um, novels that we've published is you, until you get that person you can't like you can't invent that story from nothing you need that person's experience and that person's background um which is why one of the things i always tell every author that i work with whether it's a new author or an old author is like and it's one of the reasons why to go back to your question about audience when i was saying well one side of my audience is always the author and that kind of is static is that it's like you bring an author on to write a story because you want that author's story you're not bringing an author on to write just write this story. It's like, I need your story and I need your story. If I didn't need your story, we'd have another author doing it because I'd need their story. But mm -hmm. it's like, you need, I don't need a Star Wars novel. I need, I'm going to use the same two people. One, I'd say we love that. I love all the authors, but we've been using Claudia and Alexander for this uh, purposes of this universe. So we're just going to repeat. It's like, I yeah. need Alexander Freed's version of this story. So Alexander, mm -hmm. I brought you on to, to write this. Go for it. Um, you know, we need Claudia Gray's version of this story, not some other author. If we needed some other author, we've gotten some other author. So, yeah, it's it's um, it's vital. And again, it, it it keeps Star Wars and it keeps Star Wars books vibrant. It really does. Like there's it it, it keeps an energy inside the storytelling and inside the brand that just wouldn't work if you never tried anything new if you never brought anyone new on board if you never tried anything new it would just get stale and stagnant and you would be able to tell in the writing like you would be able to see that even if an author who had written a bunch of books in a row was like still doing the best possible work they would you would just feel that mm -hmm. um, and i think i probably would ultimately start to feel that as an editor i think i'd probably get bored um if that was, <laughs> was just like the same thing every single time right um I'd also start to wonder if I was even needed at that point, <laughs> which is its own problem that is, you know, its own anxiety that isn't really related to anything. Um, um, or it's a red alert for yourself of, you know, I've got to change how I'm thinking about this stuff. Yeah, yeah, maybe maybe it's time to do, you know, switch things up a little bit. Seven is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox, and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars-related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited, other respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyrighted by Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.